On today's show, the Yankees win in exciting fashion and score eight runs. It's a miracle. Plus, the Yankees and the Blue Jays. Four games in the Bronx. The series begins tonight. We'll talk about it all. All next on Locked on Yankees. You are Locked on Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Thursday, Yankee fans, and it actually is a happy Thursday. Welcome to Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What a relief, right? It was a relief. That game was a relief. It didn't look like it was going to be one. It looked like it was going to be a very frustrating and deflating loss, which is what's been happening lately with the Yankees, but twas not. We're going to talk about it in a second. Before we get into it, I'm your host, Stacey Gotsoulias. In case you don't know who I am or what I do or how I came to be, as in the host of this show. I used to write about baseball on the internet. I wrote for a bunch of different places, including Hardball Times and Baseball Prospectus. I even had some stuff up here on ESPN. And I think my most proud moment was writing in a commemorative Derek Jeter magazine that came out the year he was retiring. And I got to see my Greek last name in glossy print for the first time in my life, which was pretty damn cool. So, Locked on Yankees, you can find us on every podcasting platform available including Odyssey, Apple, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Also hit that like button and the bell on YouTube so you're notified as soon as our videos go live. I'd like to apologize for there not being a show yesterday. I was having issues with vertigo. We were supposed to record in the morning. I couldn't move my head without things spinning. I get vertigo from time to time. It's really bad. I spoke about it actually when Clint Frazier was going through his stuff and I, I knew what he was going through. It is not easy to do anything when you have vertigo. And yesterday was just a very dizzy, uncomfortable day for me. So that's why there was no show. We apologize for that. But we're all here now and we have something good to talk about. Yesterday would not have been a fun show anyway because of the Yankees losing on Tuesday. And at least today, the show is more positive. Now it looked like it was heading in the direction of not being positive. Thank you, Aroldis Chapman. My goodness. Will Aaron Boone ever figure out that Aroldis Chapman doesn't like pitching with guys on base? Will this ever be a thing for Aaron Boone? Will he ever get it through his thick head? I don't understand why he does what he does half the time. I don't mean to say this as bragging, and I'm not, but I did a radio hit earlier today with a Toronto radio station talking about the Yankees and the Blue Jays because we were previewing the series. And they asked me about Aaron Boone and how Yankee fans feel about him. And I was saying some of the decisions he made last night were questionable. And not only were they questionable, it felt like he was making the decisions that a manager who knew he couldn't be fired no matter what was making. There are a couple of decisions in that game last night that were just mind-boggling to me. Why are you pinch-hitting Aaron Hicks in a big spot? Did you not see how he's been playing for the past, uh, most of the season? 
I, and the thing about it is, I feel like those bad decisions got lost in the walk-off. Yes, it's great. The Yankees walked off. Yes, it's great. They scored eight runs. It's a miracle they scored eight runs. But I feel like Boone is going to get a bit of a pass because of that. Because if they had ended up losing the game, some of those decisions would have been more magnified as negative. Even though a lot of us see them as negative, they're kind of pushed aside when a walk-off happens. And a big walk-off it was. Other performances last night. I would say the at-bats looked a little better. Tuesday they were pressing. Everyone was pressing. Aaron Judge was pressing and swinging at pitches that were, you know, at least a foot off the plate outside. And he just wasn't looking Aaron Judge-like at all. And it's kind of funny. I felt like Tuesday was their lowest point. And then the top of the 10th happened and Chapman gave up those three runs with two outs and two strikes. And I thought, okay, maybe this is the low point. But as quickly as that happened, the Yankees came back and won that game. The one good thing about the ghost runner, I guess, is how quickly things can change for the home team in the bottom of the inning. Because Judge was on second, Gleber gets a single, they walk Rizzo, and then Donaldson comes up. Now, Donaldson looked bad on that first swing. And I thought, here we go. And then he hits the home run. And I'm screaming. I screamed. I'll admit it. I screamed. Couldn't believe it. I watched Jason Giambi's walk-off Grand Slam when the Yankees were down three runs against Minnesota on May 17th, 2002. It was the same thing. Sterling Hitchcock gave up three runs in the, yeah, in the top of the, was that the 12th? Was that a game when it was the 12th inning? No, the 14th. How long was that game? Anyway, I'm not old enough to have watched the Babe Ruth walk-off Grand Slam in 1925. I always joke about how old I am. I was not old enough for that, but I am old enough to have seen the Giambi one live on TV. I was living in Staten Island at the time and couldn't scream because my roommate and her boyfriend were sleeping. I didn't want to wake them up. Last night, I didn't care. Actually, I don't think anyone in my house was asleep. I scared a bunch of cats in my house, but, you know, I was like, just give this to me. The past two weeks have been horrible. (laughs) We needed this game. The Yankees needed this game. It was good. We'll talk more about the game. And more about the series, too, as a whole, because, woo, it was not great. But, you know, Yankees still have a 10-game lead in the division, heading into their series tonight with the Blue Jays, which we will talk about later. But first, you're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car, you kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that doesn't seem to stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. 
It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Thank you for making Lockdown Yankees your first listen every day. Subscribe to Lockdown Yankees on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you're notified when each episode premieres. So last night's game, I keep joking about it being a miracle, but honestly, the way the games had been going the last week and how they couldn't score eight runs is miraculous. And how it happened was miraculous. And this was the kind of game that you would assume the Yankees would have won in the first half. You know, Hicks hit that home run against Houston when they were down three in the late innings, and then they end up walking off. You know, there were other games like that in the first half that the Yankees kept winning. And during this bad stretch of baseball, the Yankees would give up three runs in the first, Tuesday, and you would think immediately, this game's over. The offense, the offense can't do anything. And I joked last night that the game was over rather early. And especially when they were down 4 nothing, it just felt like another one of those games. Then Glaber hits the home run to pull them within 4-2. And there's still plenty of time at that point for them to catch up. And I thought, okay, they're showing some life. They actually scored two runs. Hallelujah. Then they walk... Judge, to make it 4-3, Pete Fairbanks has very, I shouldn't talk because I have odd eyes myself, but I don't walk around like this. He does. He just looks scared on the mound. I know he's not. Guy throws 100 miles an hour, but (laughs) he kind of looked scared on the mound last night. So he walks in the run, makes it 4-3, and you're thinking, huh, okay. And my thought was, Keep them at four and chip away. Rizzo hits the home run to tie. So I'm thinking, okay, let's walk it off in the bottom of the ninth because I don't want to see extra innings. Because if you've watched this show or listened to this show for a while, you know that Stacy does not like the ghost runner, the zombie runner, or the Manfred man, whatever you call it. I don't like it. Never have. Even if it helps the Yankees, I still don't like it and can't wait for them to get rid of it. So Boone brings in Aroldis Chapman. And again, as I said earlier, why? You know he's not comfortable when guys are on base. Why on earth are you doing this? And then he works himself into a jam. And then he almost works himself out of the jam. And then he doesn't. And those three runs score. And you're thinking, well, at least they tried. (laughs) At least they tied it. In the beginning of the season, you wouldn't say anything like that. But at this point, with the way they'd been playing, you're thinking to yourself, hey, they scored four runs. That's great. (laughs) At least they got to extra innings. Yeah, that's great. And then the bottom of the 10th happens. And on the radio hit that I did in Toronto, Toronto hasn't been playing well at all. You know, the Orioles have been beating them and they beat the Orioles yesterday. And the host said, you know, the Yankees and Blue Jays are kind of in the same position because they have been doing really bad lately and they both had big wins. And he said, you know, did it feel like a very important win 
on August 17th. I said, yes. I said, this helps the Yankees keep their 10-game lead in the division because it could have gone down to eight, which would have been really bad. And it did. It That felt like the biggest win of the season. Right there. So far. Hopefully the Yankees won't. Hopefully the Yankees will pick things up. They don't have to win every game. They don't have to go on a 15-game winning streak. I mean, if they want to, that would be great. But we went through the schedule. We told you how hard it's going to be, so don't expect something like that. But be competitive in series. Try to win series, even if you or split them. You know, but don't lose them. Don't get swept. That sort of thing. And just make it so you still have a cushion in the AL East. Right now it's 10. It felt a lot better when it was 17 and 18, but we're not there anymore. Only the Dodgers have that much of a lead in their division. They are 17 ahead of second place, San Diego. You know, and other divisions are a lot closer. Cleveland pulled ahead of the Twins in the AL Central. Things are happening. The Orioles have 61 wins. This is a crazy baseball season. And as Aaron Judge said the other day, you know, if you told me that we would have, this is, I'm quoting him. I'm not saying we as if I'm part of the Yankees. He said, if you had told me that we would have a 10-game lead in the division in the middle of August, I would take that, I would be very happy with that. And I think Yankee fans feel the same way. It's just that they've been playing so bad for so long and... You know, we talked about it the other day. It, it's the extreme. It's the level of extremeness that's happening with this team because they were playing so well for the first two months. And they've been playing so badly since the trade deadline and playing not so great basically since the end of June. It's just those extremes. And that's what we saw in 2020. We saw them in 2021. We talk about it all the time. They could rattle off a bunch of wins, but then they rattle off a bunch of losses. And that wasn't happening in the first half. And now it's happening again. But hopefully, again, as I said, they will get some sort of groove happening. Doesn't need to be a 15-game winning streak. Doesn't need to be a 10. Just win as much as you can. Just don't have losing streaks like you had. And don't get swept. I don't even know how to predict this series between the Yankees and the Blue Jays because, as I said the other day, it's one of those something's got to give series. And I think if both teams came in into the game tonight with losses, it would be different. I feel like both teams are kind of like, okay, let's get things going here. Maybe we can start a streak. And I guess that's also a something's got to give thing because which team will start a streak? Will either team start a streak? Maybe it'll be a split and maybe it'll be an every other day split where one team wins the first game, the other wins the second, that sort of thing. It's just hard to predict how either of these teams are going to do because the Blue Jays have been really falling off where they just can't gain 
much ground on the Yankees. They should have been taking advantage of how bad the Yankees have been recently, and they just couldn't do it. And I said this last week, I believe, that Blue Jays fans on Reddit were so excited about having games left, so many games left against Baltimore, because it's the opposite with the Blue Jays and the Yankees against Baltimore. The Yankees only have one series left against Baltimore, which right now is good. Because with the way Baltimore is playing, I wouldn't want the Yankees to play them. They have a chance to be that spoiler team that screws up your playoff either chances, depending on where you are in the standings, or your playoff standing and where you go in the playoffs, where you start off in the playoffs. You know, Toronto, before these last two series that they played, had 15 games against Baltimore, and fans on Reddit were thinking, oh, this is great, we're going to play Baltimore, we're going to beat them up. It's not happening. Baltimore has been not beating them up, but not letting them win. So in a moment, we will preview this series. Four games in the Bronx, head-to-head. Yankees with a 10-game lead. Toronto hoping to try and cut into that lead because, as I said, they cannot take advantage of what's happening. But first, did you know the key to sustainable weight loss is through your liver? The liver is the body's metabolic furnace. It's responsible for flushing out harmful toxins and igniting your fat-burning metabolism. But thanks to modern diets rich in unhealthy processed foods and constant exposure to thousands of man-made and environmental toxins, most of us have overworked livers. But now it's easy to rejuvenate your liver health and reignite your metabolism. Thanks to Liver Health Formula by Pure Health Research. Liver Health Formula contains eight liver-boosting super nutrients like turmeric, beet, and artichoke extract. All of them work together to wake up a sluggish liver turn it into a toxin-flushing and fat-burning machine. That means no more bloated belly, no more uncomfortable digestion, no more feeling tired and low on energy all the time. And best of all, Liver Health Formula makes it easier to maintain a healthy body weight long-term. As a listener of Locked On Yankees, you can try Liver Health Formula risk-free today and get a free bottle of Curb Fit with your order. Curb Fit is a safe and all-natural appetite suppressant, making it easier to say no to naughty foods. For me, that's french fries and ice cream. That makes it the perfect complement to Liver Health Formula. Go to getliverhelp.com slash MLB to learn more. Again, that's getliverhelp.com slash MLB to try Liver Health Formula completely risk-free and claim your free bottle of Curb Fit with your order. Go to getliverhelp.com slash MLB now to get started. So Yankees, Blue Jays, middle of August, or almost toward the end of August, uh, This reminds me of 2015 when the Yankees and Blue Jays played that crazy series with that Andrew Miller, Troy Tulowitzki at bat with uh, Carlos Beltran coming into pinch hit and hitting a three-run home run after David Price left the game and the Yankees going up 4-3. They were down 3-1. That was the eighth inning, I believe. And uh, yeah, yeah, this sort of feels like that. The Yankees and Blue Jays were going back and forth at that point. All right, tonight, it's a yes game. It's also on MLB Network if you're out of market. So if you live in California and you're a Yankees fan, you get to watch the game. Hooray! Jose Barrios against Frankie Montas. 
Ooh, eight and five with a 5.61 ERA is Berrios. 108 strikeouts. Montas is four and nine with a 3.59 ERA, 115 strikeouts. Montas pitched five innings against the Red Sox, gave up two runs. That was the IKF game, the only game the Yankees won in the series. The funny thing about that was Montas's career numbers against Boston were really good. And when he gave up those two runs, it was like the end of the world to certain Yankee fans. It's okay, guys. Calm down. It's okay. It'll all be okay. The Yankees against Burrios. Let's see. Andrew Benintendi saw him a lot when he was with, when Benintendi was with the Royals and Burrios was with the Twins. Benintendi is batting 429 in 21 at-bats with a home run and two runs batted in. Aaron Judge has a home run off Burrios. Anthony Rizzo has two. Gleyber Torres has one. We'll see how that goes. As for the Twins against Montas, let's see. The only one who has faced him a lot is George Springer, which makes sense because Springer was on the Astros. Montas was on the A's. In 13 at-bats, he's batting 308 with a home run and two runs batted in. Everyone else on the team has only faced him two or three times. So I don't know if that works in Montas's favor or if that works in the Blue Jays' favor because it's baseball. And as everyone always says, you can't predict baseball. Tomorrow... It's Kevin Gossman against Jamison Tyone. 7.05 start on a Friday night in the Bronx. It's an, is it an, oh, it's an Apple TV game. Okay. I knew it was one of the streaming services. It's Apple TV. I know a lot of people complain about Apple TV. I like the convenience of it because I can watch on my laptop if I need to, but I understand people's problems with it. Kevin Gossman is... 8-9 8-9 with a 3.16 ERA, 142 strikeouts on the year. Jamison Tyone, 11-3 with a 3.95 ERA, 108 strikeouts. As for the batters, let's see. Aaron Hicks has faced Gossman 23 times. He's batting 304 against him with two runs batted in. Donaldson has a home run against him. Aaron Judge has three in 20 at-bats. He's batting 400. Donaldson has faced him a lot, 32 times. He has that one home run, five runs batted in, 250. As for the Blue Jays batters against Tyone, Matt Chapman is a home run off him. Vlad Jr. has one. Teoscar Hernandez has one. And George Springer has one. And Bo Bichette may not have a home run against Tyone, and I hopefully did not just jinx Jamison Tyone by saying that, but he is batting 421 in 19 at-bats against Tyone. He actually has the largest number of at-bats against Tyone out of all the Blue Jays. Interesting. Saturday. Saturday in the park. Oh, okay. TBD is pitching against Garrett Cole. So we don't have the pitcher for Saturday. We will update you on Friday's show for that. Cole is 9-5 with a 3.30 ERA, 184 strikeouts. I know he was in the 170s the last time I said his stats. And let's see. Okay. Bo Bichette has a home run. Kevin Biggio has two. Matt Chapman has one. Vlad Guerrero has two. Teoscar Hernandez has a home run. Alejandro Kirk has a home run. Congrats to him and his, I'm not sure if she's his wife 
or girlfriend, but they just announced that they're having a baby. So congratulations to you. That's very wonderful news. And as I said, when they update who's pitching for the Blue Jays on Saturday, we will tell you. And, oh, okay, TBD is also pitching <laughs> against Cortez on Sunday. Nestor Cortez is 9-4 with a 2.74 ERA, 128 strikeouts. He was saddled with the loss the other night because he gave up three runs in the first inning. It happens. And the thing about it that was frustrating was he gave up that three-run home run and then pitched really well the rest of the game. And the offense obviously didn't do anything. So I'm not going to be mad at Nestor Cortez for that. The offense should be able to score. As for the Blue Jays against Nestor Cortez, not a lot of at-bats. Whit Merrifield has the most with 12. He's batting 333, no home runs. But George Springer has a home run against Nestor. Matt Chapman has two. Jackie Bradley Jr., newly acquired by the Blue Jays, in case you didn't know, has one. And Bo Bichette has one. So yeah, Yankees-Blue Jays, four games. Big deal because the Blue Jays are in second place with the Rays. They're right up. They're right up there, ten games behind the Yankees. And uh, yeah, if the Yankees escape with a split, then it doesn't really matter. <laughs> it's still ten games. I don't see a sweep going either way for either team because they're just they're both scuffling at this point, and I don't see one pulling that far ahead of. The other one, the Yankees right now, after 12 games against the Blue Jays, are 8-4 and four against them head-to-head. -head. After this series against the Rays, they're 8-5 and five against the Rays. They have more games to play against the Rays. After this series, they play in Toronto in late-ish September. So they do have more games head-to-head -to, -head to finish the series, or the season series. You know what I mean. I don't really want to predict anything. I don't feel comfortable doing that. You know that. You watch the show. You listen to it. You know I don't like really predicting things. But I will say I don't see a sweep either way. Hopefully I'm right for the Yankees. Hopefully they won't get swept because that won't be fun. So tomorrow shall be a recap of tonight's game, whatever happens. Uh, hopefully we'll have an update about Giancarlo Stanton starting his rehab assignment. That'd be great. The Yankees really need his bat in the lineup. They still really need it, so that would be a great thing. And hey, what about DJ LeMayhew? Comes into the game, gets a single. First pitch. He's a big boost. Hopefully he'll stay healthy. Glaber, sure, he hit into that double play. That wasn't really great, but he hit the two-run home run to cut it to 4-2. And he hit the single in the bottom of the 10th to help the Yankees set up for that grand slam. So yesterday was a good starting point for a new winning streak see if that happens so that's it for this episode of locked on yankees which is part of the locked on podcast network your team every day i'd like to remind you you can listen to the show on every single podcasting platform available including odyssey apple google spotify and stitcher you can watch and subscribe to us on youtube again like and comment on youtube as well click the bell so you know when our videos go up and if you're looking for something else to listen to after us or watch why not listen to or watch Locked On MLB? Make your second listen of the day the Locked On MLB podcast. Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and a unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories from around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB. 
You can find it on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We would really appreciate it. So enjoy your Thursday. Go Yankees, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you.